Tell you what, I'm, I'm white. We did uh, the Great Wolf Lodge. Okay. Have you ever been there? No, but I've heard about it. Yeah, so they, like, Kristen just watches them, and they'll do a, like, right as all the schools go back and everybody's done, they'll do a random sale, right? And gotcha. so you can get you can get in there for, it's normally like 350 a night, which is bonkers, right? No dice. Yeah. Or every once in a while, they drop this, like, one weekend. It's like a Sunday night for 150 so it's a it's like a one night staycation. They have an indoor water park, you know, like it's worth 150 for a family of four. Like I, I run these kids into the ground and then I am exhausted afterwards. But yeah, so that's what we did for the basically the last 36 hours or so was just water park and then sleep and then water park. So, Oof. yeah, yeah, no, that's. And their water park is a special kind of worn out. Man. Yes. Like there's no way around that. No. Like that just is different. And it's nice that one of her, one of the family friends showed up too. So the girls had somebody to run with because like, if I would have had to run with them the whole time, I would be in bad shape. But I, I, I had to come to the I'd have been recording this one solo. Yeah. I had to come to the realization that I can't run with the girls like that anymore because they can just go forever. Well, so like it's one of those things, you know, we they, they don't have a limiter. Like there's nothing in them that is hardwired for, you know what? I'm starting to run low on energy. I'm starting to run low. I need to save, I need to conserve. Mm-hmm. No, it's just like gone. I yep. am going full speed yeah, until that, my that full is speed that, is yeah. zero. Oh man. All right. All right. Let's hit an intro. Let's jump into it. Welcome to the podcast Blue Collar Scholars. Not long ago, a group of brilliant minds met together at a pub to discuss their unfinished works. They recognize the value of coming together around delicious beverages and having meaningful conversations. That group was known as the Inklings. The Inkle Do podcast here, we're working to be the second iteration of that group. So pour yourself a craft beverage, pull up a chair, and join the conversation. All right, man, have you uh, had anything good to drink? Uh, Nothing too terribly uh, exciting or interesting. Probably the only thing was, you know, we did a... couple of interviews this past weekend and mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. uh lola's coffee that we did up there um and it was you know just a straight up uh black iced coffee and my main takeaway is mainly just the reminder that iced coffee is such a wonderful thing at this time of year yeah yeah like it, it not really having is. access to iced coffee on a regular basis like throughout my school day really that that like kills a little bit. Like if I'm gonna throw some last minute caffeine in, knowing it's going to be a scorching hot cup of coffee that is going to like just brutalize yeah. my internals, like the sun is doing my externals. Mm-hmm. Not a great time. All right, you know that could be part of the perspective too. You know where it's just like, hey, at least it's not scolding me like this coffee is. You know, like <laughs> you know. But no, I I completely agree. And Lola's coffee is pretty. It's pretty good. It's. They're a little dark roasted. Um, I remember I've been there before. They do their own roasting, which is something I appreciate. Sure. They, they are a little darker, uh, but it plays. It played okay in in the iced coffee. It's not. It's dark, but it's not bitter. It's not like Starbucks right. where you're like, oh, this tastes like ash. You know, like it, it's just darker. But but yeah, right. their coffee's good. It's uh, yeah, man. I'm. 
I'm, for, I'm happy for to the have people that. who grew up thinking that like coffee needed to taste like that really dark roast. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice kind of balance point. But. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not mad that they're, you know, five minutes from the house, you know, like when it cools no, off, there are worse things. Yeah. When it cools off and the girls uh, are a little stronger at riding their bikes, like I just want to do like morning walk. Cause like I do walks, oh. right. And just be able to walk down, get a cup of coffee and come out. Like that would be so cool. But uh, that is nice. Yeah. That would be good. We'll see how that goes. And I have lots of hopes, but we'll see how, how many have a they spring out. eternal. One hope that ha- I have been working on for a long time is getting my girls to be able to brew coffee. And it happened the other, when was it? I think it was like last Friday. I, I was like, Hey, I'm making breakfast by myself, Brooklyn, you're on coffee. And she took it and ran like she, I, I portioned out the coffee cause she doesn't know how much to do, but I mean, she sure. ground the coffee. She filled the coffee pot. She managed all of it. Like I was on board. I was like, this is so awesome. I finally have a mini me that can make me coffee. <laughs> That's great. That is a nice thing to have in the back pocket. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. So we are going to wrap up this book here. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm still reading it. I'm still digging into it. I've got a long way to go, but I've got a, uh, I'm kind of done chewing on a lot of it. I kind of want to talk about some other stuff too, but there was one that kind of one piece that kind of came up that I wanted to chew on, um, a little bit and, you know, it's more on like the pragmatic side. Like now I'm taking all this theory stuff and, and how am I going to make sense of it? And the thing that, that caught my interest was that there's all this talk about temptation or, you know, like these witches, what they were doing is they were trying to impact the world in some way. Right. And one of the things that they were talking about is that people were particularly susceptible to temptation, temptation and the work of witches when they slept. And so, like, when mm. you were asleep, that's when you were most vulnerable. And I was like, that's weird, you know? But, th- <laughs> but there was, you know, like, there's all kinds of stuff from that, from the Middle Ages with incubus and succubus and sure, transplanting yeah, yeah, yeah. the Antichrist. And, like, there's, like, there's, there's some stuff that came out of that period of, of time. Um, but I really wanted to talk about was, like, what does that mean? Like, what is temptation? You know, like, what does that actually mean from a, like, a real life experience? Because, like, I feel like when we talk about temptation, we talk about it uh, rhetorically, mm. you know, mm-hmm. or metaphorically yeah. or, like, anything other than, like, the tangible. Like, what is sure. actually being done? Because, you know, as many movies as I've seen, you know, like, Constantine with Keanu Reeves is one of my favorite movies. Like, it's in my top five. Friggin' love it. But like, you know, like that, they show like the angels and demons and they're like whispering in people's ears and they're doing all kinds of stuff. But you're like, I don't think I've heard that before, you know? So, you know, so like you get caught up in like the representations, which are meant to be kind of symbolic. Right. And and a little bit exaggerated. And exaggerated. Just to make it clearer and easier to track because, you know, again... One of the key differences, and now I'm going with some C.S. Lewis and screw tape style mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. here. But, like, you know, one of the differences is when they make that movie, 
they want you to know exactly what's happening. Whereas to the extent that demons are attempting to tempt us, they'd rather us not know that. Because again, it's like, oh, if Satan were to show up looking like the the Looney Tunes version of the devil in front of me yeah. and be like rubbing his hands together as he offered Whoa. me some deal for my soul, yeah. it's going to be a super easy thing for me to be like, ah, oh, no, that, that seems like a bad trade, man. Yeah. I'm going to not do that. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think I'm all right. Yeah. Um, but... I, in terms of what temptation really is, I think there are, uh, I think there's kind of two different things that come to mind for me. So there is, I absolutely believe wholeheartedly that sometimes, yes, evil spirits, the enemy who has lost heaven, the only joy that they can have to the extent that the, it can be there, and like joy probably deserves the air quotes around it mm-hmm. in that context. Mm-hmm. But like the closest thing to joy that's available to them is that idea of misery loving company. Mm. Like the suffering of others losing what they've already lost is probably the closest thing to actual joy they can feel. So there is going to be some of that. Some of that like planting of ideas, suggestions, helping our eyes notice something making sure that we see that thing that would tempt us, that we would want, that would inspire some of our thoughts to go down different tracks and things Mm -hmm. like that. But I also think we don't want to get so carried away with the idea that we think that like every bad idea that I have is the result of a devil planting it there. Right. And I think that is what is thought a lot of the times, you know, like when they think, Oh, like, Oh, like, I had these thoughts are like, I hear a lot of people talk about intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. a lot, you know, and they're like, I, I, these intrusive thoughts are weird. Like, I don't think this way. Why are they in my brain? And, and that's usually prescribed to, Oh, that's the devil kind of digging into you. And you're like, well, I don't know that. And again, I'm, I might be jumping, I'm jumping ahead on our timeline here, but like that, I guess that's one of the things here is the difference between what's in your brain and, what's temptation like it's so hard to decipher what is it ego super ego just yeah eating each other and what is actually some supernatural antagonist trying to poke a hole in you you know oh absolutely and again i think so two looney tunes references in one one podcast for me here I'm, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good night man it's, uh, it's a good show but uh you know like those ones where they're on like a really snowy mountain and whoever it is up at the top will like take and get this tiny little snowball rolling. Yeah. And then by the time it gets down there, it's just going to become this huge, massive thing that like wipes right. out yep. uh, all of those Elmer Fuds or whoever mm-hmm. is down there mm-hmm. in pursuit. That's kind of how I view the idea of uh, most of the time the temptations that are going to come at us from the evil ones is it's more about uh, that idea of that slight, you know, that matter of degrees that you've talked about mm-hmm. a lot of times that you've brought up yeah. an idea that I absolutely stole from you and used for like a teacher retreat talk and nice. stuff uh, last week. Uh, but we were talking about like that idea of recognizing that we're in the midst of spiritual battle. I was like, yeah, the one great advantage that 
evil has on us is that evil is way better at the long game. Mm-hmm. And like able to look at that, let's get this one degree off. Yeah. And so getting us to notice something the first time and then kind of allowing our fallen, broken nature, um, our own character flaws and struggles that have been built up over years to latch on to something. Yeah. Like at the same time, there probably are, you know, with like intrusive thoughts and things like that, there's probably, you know, I can't rule out the possibility that that's where some of those things are coming from. Like, yeah, I think it's one of those things where a lot of times we, we can get so focused on trying to separate out all of the different causes that we forget about the fact that they're all feeding into each other. Mm. You know, so I, we've talked in the past about the idea that, you know, we can get so focused on God and his supernatural, miraculous things that he does in a person's life that we'll sometimes forget that, yeah, but God created nature. Mm-hmm. So all of those natural things that are happening, that's him as well. As well, yeah. And I think we can, on a much lesser extent, kind of do the same thing when we're looking at, well, is this from a demon or is this like the result of like some brain chemistry stuff that I'm struggling with or some trauma that maybe has been buried? Like, yeah, it could be. Right. But to a certain extent, this is why I think it's so important. Uh, Yes, we want to be, you know, if we're going into a spiritual battle, we want to know about the weapons and the tactics yeah. and those kinds of things of our enemy. But we don't want to get too focused on them where we lose sight of our own strategy, which is do what's good. Right. And so if I have a thought pop into my head, like let's say, you know, tomorrow is like the first day that students are back on campus. And if, as I'm having a conversation with a student, I have a thought pop into my head man, I should just slap the taste out of this kid's mouth. <laughs> it ultimately, in terms of how I'm going to like handle that situation, right. it ultimately doesn't matter all that much where that idea is coming from. True. Like I know the idea of doing that is wrong. I know the, the one thing I know about where that idea is coming from is that it's not from God. Right. So don't do it. Right. You know? That's like, fair. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that um, I've been kind of formulating on this and and I was looking just thinking back on it and my pastor a while back did a little preaching on it I like didn't like focus on the topic but talked about how you know just like the work of the enemy out there and I think he referenced C.S. Lewis's screw tape as well because that's kind of the go-to like it's kind of hard not to um but there there's there's these different types of temptations and I'm going to, so this is going to be a little bit of a long run here. So go for it. Me. So there's a, I'm strapped I'm, in. I'm noticing a couple of trends here. So there's like the, the physical temptations, right? So like Job, right? Where he is, mm-hmm. let's say the devil basically just kind of pokes a bunch of holes in him, right? Like he goes through a process and the devil is the one that does it to him. And yes, I know God approved it. And I'm going to come back to that part here in a little sure. bit. Um, you know, and then there's, there's these other things to where like that, that one makes sense to me, actually, uh, actually, Oh, I'm sorry. My brain is on, nah, a, you're on, good. on you're like good. 15 different wheels. And so I'm going to stop them 
And I'm just, let's focus on Job here for a second. So Job makes the most sense to me because that is framed in the sovereignty of God and still has the devil's work as we know it and are familiar with it. And it matches the, the bit that I've read of Aquinas and how he has formulated what temptation is. And so what he is, is he agreed with what my pastor was telling me, which is that he, the devil can't actually get inside your brain. Like he cannot go inside of your thoughts. So that is external. What he does, what the devil does is observe you. And this is, this is Aquinas now. Okay. So Aquinas yeah. is saying that he is a master of observational uh, detective work. And so like he's watching, trying. And so I liked what you were saying there because you're saying that it's all together. Like everything is the source of, like everything's kind of running together because what the devil knows is temptation. God knows as a trial. Yeah. Right. And so, but they're both doing the exact same thing. And what those things are doing is they're revealing they're, they're bringing you along a path of discovery. Right. And so where the devil is tempting you, God is testing you so that you can learn and see and grow, call back to God, you know, like, like Job, right? Like he was saying, like, is your faith going to last? Let's test it and find out. But God wasn't, God knew, but what he was doing is he was revealing it to, he was bringing Job along a path of discovery and because he knew the end, right? But Satan right. didn't know the end. And so he was watching Job and saying, oh, I bet if I did this. And so he's doing these external things to him. And so Job, that example seems to make the most sense to me in the scheme of everything. Sure. And I, I think that's, I mean, obviously you're not going to catch me picking a fight with Aquinas on this one. <laughs> right. Um, but like, no, because that, that's my... So I know it like Aquinas says it and then I've listened to and read a lot of different people kind of analyzing that same thought, kind of uh, explaining and developing that idea. But you're right. Like Satan isn't God. Mm -hmm. It's like if I pray to God in my mind, if I'm saying a prayer in my own head, God hears it. God knows it. Right. Right. Satan doesn't. Right. Like now, at the same time, it's an angelic intellect, which means it's an intellect above and beyond right. my own. Dude, sharp. So things yeah. like he's going to have a much more well-educated guess about what's happening in our heads than we would about one another. Right. Uh, and probably sometimes even than we would about ourselves. Right. And you can't hide. Like what's in your mind is being acted out in your body. You can't hide. There's, exactly. Body and soul are like one and the same. We are, you know, unique in creation in that mm -hmm. way, mm -hmm. that we have a rational soul and a body and that they are hardwired together. Uh, and so, like, yeah, there's it's going to be there. And he's going to have a really well-educated guess as to what's going on. But no, you, I, I agree wholeheartedly, man. Like, so with intrusive thoughts, though. yeah. The, the thing with an intrusive thought and the reason it's called intrusive is because uh, it's an idea that didn't come to you naturally is basically what we're talking about here. Like it wasn't there wasn't this process of A to B to C happening in my head and then D came up. It's more like I was over here on A, B, and then all of a sudden 23 popped up. 
Like, <laughs> but it, and but so, if, but if they can't be internal, like if they can't get inside your brain, how do they? How does it get there? Let's look at it the same way we were talking about their ability to figure out uh, what's happening in there, even without like being able to hear it. Okay. If Satan with his, if the demons with their ange- fallen but still angelically fallen intellects are able to read all of those subtle clues from us, why would it be impossible or even unlikely for them to bring about some triggers, things that we don't notice, you know, uh, mm. that put us there? And at the same time, like, the fact that Satan doesn't know how we're responding to his suggestions doesn't mean Satan's not able to suggest things to us. You know, again, I and I don't want to equate the two as being equal because, you know, one of them is working with God, which makes, you know, all things possible. And mm-hmm. one of them is working against God, which severely limits possibilities. <laughs> but St. Joseph has some intrusive thoughts when he's dreaming and the angel angel Gabriel appears to him and tells him, hey, this is what you're doing. You know, like Joseph wasn't sitting there like considering, huh, I wonder if Mary is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And then like through these natural thoughts that were happening in his head, God was able to kind of piece together these things for him. No, the angel Gabriel was able to reveal to him to make known to him this reality mm-hmm. that it is by the Holy Spirit that she is with child. Okay. Do not be afraid to take her into your home. Now, again, Satan is working against God rather than with him. Uh, he is in rebellion. And so like, I'm not saying he would be able to do things on that same level of that, ex- of that same quality. But it does seem possible that, you know, just like I could, uh, if you were asleep, and this is a really creepy analogy, my apologies, (laughs) I don't know another way to do this, but if you were asleep and like, while you are hardcore just out, I'm like next to you and I'm whispering things into your ear, planting some seeds in there, like, even though it's coming from the outside. That doesn't mean we're going to be aware of the steps that bring it in. Yeah, it's like there the, are still steps. It's not yeah. like Satan is able to rip open your mind and like plant this idea in there and close it back up. Right. But he is able to take steps that we are unaware of to where all of a sudden it can seem like it came out of nowhere. Interesting. Yeah, you know what? The image that actually popped up into my head was like the when was it like the eighties or nineties when they used to get the tapes and put it on their heads? Yes. The subliminal learning. I am a special man. I am smart. I'm strong. You know, dude, I, so like, again, because I watched way too much TV, I was actually convinced at one point that that's how I should study for like tests and things when I was in like (laughs) late grade school, early junior high, like, Oh yeah, why don't I just put like a headphone on and like have the vocab words going repeatedly? Right. Well, you know what? There's there's a little something to it though, and we're pulling it back in because like when I was working on my uh, like my self talk, right? So like I'm a very self deprecating person, and I I used to do it for humor. I used to do it for 
you know, tension and stress, like all the reasons that people do self-deprecation. But I like took it to an extreme to where I internalized it. Like I had said it so right. many times that I began to believe it. And I had a hard time saying good things about myself. Like I, if you ask me to compliment, like the worst question an interviewer could ever ask me was like, tell me about yourself. Like, well, I'm this giant piece of crap who can't do anything right. You know, like <laughs> that's the only self-talk I had. And so like yeah. I was using like self-help mantra nonsense, not to not because I believed it, but because I needed to hear the like, I am good type stuff because like I didn't have it in my brain at all. And so hearing it enough times helped me learn to be able to say, you know, like this is back when we were talking about the like we had worthy conversations and like mm -hmm. we talked about all this stuff already. But like it's bringing all that stuff back because I was trying to use it for good, you know, instead of evil. But like at the same time, you're right when you're dead asleep, man, they're they're. How do you know it's not audible? You know, like, how do we yeah. know? Like, we don't know these things. And I'm not saying that that's what happens, but I, I'm just saying that there's that. And then you use the word triggers, which also stuck out to me because again, like if someone is acutely aware of your shortcomings by watching your every move sharper than you could imagine, like they know you better than you because of your behavior. And so they know if this happens, then that will happen. You know, then you will have these mm -hmm. triggers and not that again, they're not, you know, reaching into this other person like a puppet and like making them walk over in front of you. And that triggers you. But I mean, like, it's a big game, you know, like it it's not just you and it's not just one person, one demon doing these things. And so there's external things that can trigger internal things. And even if it's just like a flicker of light that draws your eye, you're like, ah, oh, crap. I wish I hadn't just seen that because now here I go on this downward spiral for the next, however, you know, type of a thing. Exactly. Cause it's important for us to remember that, you know, we were talking earlier about how humans, we are these hybrid things with a rational mm -hmm. soul and a physical body. Angels are pure spirit. Demons are pure spirit but they're still able to impact and interact with the physical world. Yeah, yeah. And so they are still able to use phenomena. They are still able to, um, you know, like you said, those flashes of light that appear just out of your peripheral vision yeah. that cause you to look over, those uh, times when you, like, hear something, that no one else heard. Like, I'm not, I, I don't want right. to turn this into like a ghost hunters TV no, show. But this is like Tinker Toy Soldier, like type of yeah. nonsense. Like this is like the it, game. It, of It's subtlety. not that all of them are right, but some of them can be. Yeah. Again, if it was as simple and obvious as every time it is, then cool. Right. I just, I, if I, just I know that's how the attack is coming, I can just like, it's a habit to look. I can, with a great deal of effort and mm -hmm. like training and self-discipline, I can make myself not do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but sometimes that flash is like the sunlight hitting the chrome of a bumper of a car that's not going to stop because mm -hmm. I've got the crosswalk saying I'm allowed to go. Yeah. Ooh, they didn't know that. Like, I should probably pay attention to some of those flashes right. of light. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. And so that's, again, I think for me, when we're talking about all of this stuff with temptation, uh, it's beneficial 
to think about the ways that the enemy approaches things. But, and this kind of goes back to our first conversation out of this book. You don't want to get so focused on the enemy's strategies right. that you lose sight of your own side. I agree. You know? I agree with like that the, completely. If we get so focused on trying to figure out all of the ways that uh, Satan could possibly attack, on the most basic strategic level, one of the reasons why ambushes are such an effective technique, this like guerrilla warfare has for centuries been so helpful for an understaffed, underpowered side in a battle against a much stronger uh, military, it's not so much because of the success of the individual attack. It's the exhaustion that happens in that other army Mm -hmm. when they are worried at all times about being on attack. We're not built to be on guard 100% of the time. I, I actually really like that analogy because, and, I, and I'm glad you're reframing that because I am more concerned about our personal experience more so than like actually like, like you're right. Like I completely agree. I don't really care about him, right? Like he's a punk <laughs> yes. buster. He's done, right? Like I'm not worried about him, but I am, what I am worried about is me. You know what I mean? Because right. like, I don't know how it works sometimes. And so like the big one is spiritual warfare. Because we've talked about like stepping in. When you step into your calling, you're going to feel peace, and that's how you're going to know. But at the same time, usually when you feel peace stepping into your calling, you're also attacked, right? And so like, mm-hmm. there's a spiritual warfare that comes up. And I've listened to people talk about it, and they've like, like we were saying with the evil, sometimes helps us see, know that we're in the right place because of the attacks or spiritual warfare and things like that. And so I'm more trying to like frame it. I think for me, so like as I step into it and be like, oh, is this good? Is this a sign that I'm making a good decision or is this a sign that I'm making a bad decision? Right. Like how do we discern between spiritual warfare when we're doing something good and spiritual warfare when like we got sucker punched and they landed one on the chin, you know? So basically the idea of how do we know whether this attack that we're feeling or this resistance that we're feeling, how do we know whether this is uh, the enemy trying to prevent us from doing what God wants or God trying to let us know you missed, you need to try again. Yeah. 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 I think that's, I think ultimately that is the, the takeaway when you're talking about this stuff. Definitely. No, a hundred percent. Like ultimately that's kind of what, that's where the value in these conversations really comes in because that's where, you know, you mentioned earlier trying to get practical on some things. Practically speaking, this is where the rubber meets the road mm-hmm. because, you know, like I feel a lot of peace that I'm where I'm supposed to be teaching and those kinds of things. I absolutely do. I also, on a fairly consistent basis, find myself sitting in a classroom right after a lesson has gone exactly the opposite of how it was supposed mm-hmm. to go thinking, what the crap am I doing here? How many of these kids did I just screw up? Yeah. And like both of those things can be true. The difference, and this is for me, because part of it yeah. is a matter of like finding your own kind of process to discernment mm-hmm. uh, and finding how God speaks to you and how you understand and how you hear God. But like for me, the big thing is that idea of persistence. Like, 
the persistence of the feelings, not even just like my persistence, like I will fight through because again, mm-hmm. that can be hugely detrimental sure. if you're going in the wrong direction. Sure. But like that idea of, okay, so today things did not go well in class and today I'm pissed about it and I'm in my feelings and I'm, I'm worn out and exhausted. Okay. Tonight I'm going to push reset and let's see how tomorrow goes. And tomorrow I'm going to prepare myself the best way I'm able to. And I'm going to go into that classroom and we're going to see, like, does it feel like it's that consistency thing? Like, mm-hmm. am I consistently doing everything to the best of my ability to answer what I believe is my call? And having that blow up in my face, because if that's the case, then you know what? Yeah, I probably need to be talking to someone from some spiritual direction perspectives and trying to figure out, like, is it because I've made my call about me? Is there something wrong about how I'm approaching the call? Hmm. Or do I just need to acknowledge that, like, where I thought God was calling me, he isn't? Yeah. Yeah, And I think that might be ultimately like heading into my life lesson actually is the difference between um, difficulty and lack of peace. You know, like, like I was saying with Job, when you step into your calling, like, or you're doing anything right. Like you're going to be, the devil is going to be tempting you and God is testing you to lead you along a path of discovery. So stuff is going to be hard. Like there is no promise that life is going to be easy. Right. And quite the, the opposite. And yeah. The, the, the discovery and the purpose of being here on earth is to go through these things that suck really bad because you're learning, you're growing, you're changing, you know, you're being tested. Like tests are hard for a reason. Right. And, and I should say that a, a test doesn't suck. Like it hurts and sometimes they're difficult, but like that's not toil. It doesn't, it's not just pure suckiness. Like it, there's production and you feel, you come out on the other side different and better. And I think that's, you just kind of hit it there for me is that, you know, a, one bad day, a difficult time doesn't break your peace, doesn't break anything. You come back, you have another day. Like even if you have a string of bad days, when you look at the total trend, the trend is positive, then keep going, right? But like if you've crashed and burned and you're miserable and you hate life and it's been that way for a very long time, like, that that's that's telling you something right both of those things are telling you something and that test is there to help you see it's there to reveal to you yeah you're in your call keep going man or no you're not in your calling look around figure it out like do some work and and let's get let's get back on the horse and go absolutely man i agree with that wholeheartedly and kind of going alongside of that One thing I would say that is an important life lesson is that, yes, that individual reflection is really important, but it's also super important when we're discerning something massive like that, especially the idea of a call that we are already like in and invested in where there is some, you know, data that's there Mm. in terms of what's been going on. It's a good idea to be talking to someone else who's in that fight with you. Because, you know, like I was having a conversation today with another one of the teachers who I work with and they were talking about like how exhausting and how beat down they've been by some of the the experiences at school and like some of the things that they're hearing people talking about with them and those kinds of things. I'm like, 
man, no, like, and I, I can't take away that suck, and I would yeah. never try to. Like, that's yeah. part of the data too, quite frankly. Yeah. As much as it can suck to hear it, that's part of the data for trying to figure it out. But let me tell you these other things I've heard. Yeah. Because right now, in this moment of being kind of down and defeated, it's really easy. Like you were talking about with the self-talk stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to only take that half of the story as if it's the full thing. Right. And so it's like, no, talk to some other people. Because they might notice some victories that you haven't. And you need to, as your it's still ultimately your discernment. You and God figuring out where God's leading you. But, you know, it's that whole idea of we can't see the forest for the trees. We're yeah. too close to it. We're too yeah. emotional. We're too in it to be objective about ourselves we are the subject man like we're going to be subjective in that evaluation and so we need that community we need those people who we trust whether it's someone who is like there with you on the day-to-day or just someone who you have talked to during the good moments too who can remind you okay yeah so that's where you're feeling today but what about when this was going on like it sounds like there's still some good stuff there so that you were making an accurate, informed choice on it. Yeah. Actively seeking God out. Yeah, I agree. We've always kind of said that, like, you got to do the internal, the personal reflection, but then you got to do it in community, too. Like, it's, yeah. it's huge simultaneously. To do that. Yeah, at the same time. Like, Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, everybody, we hope these conversations, we hope this series on, or mini-series, we, that's how we think of them as mini-series, <laughs> yeah. has been helpful. Um, it's helpful to, to me, again, because this is, you know, my public therapy that I use, but you know, just reading these books and these things and helping me, as we just said, work through concepts and in, in community is important. So uh, if you would like to help support these conversations, we, we sell coffee and that's how we pay for hosting and gear and cameras and, and all of that stuff. So if you'd like to support these meaningful conversations, jump on the website, inkledo.com, go to the shop we got our blog there. We do writing. So sign up for the blog. We email them out. And then buy a couple bags of coffee and we'll ship them out to you. Got anything else on your brain there, man? Nah, man, I'm good. Right on, right on. With that, we will say. Adieu.